Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan Chapter 6 Part 2 But Christian and faithful behaved themselves yet more wisely, and received the wrongs and shame that were cast upon them with so much meekness and patience, that it won to their side, though but few in comparison of the rest, several of the men in the fair. This put the other party in yet a greater rage, insomuch that they resolved upon the death of these two men. Wherefore they threatened that neither cage nor irons should serve their turn, but that they should die for the abuse they had done, and for deceiving the men of the fair. Then were they remanded to the cage again, until further order should be taken with them. So they put them in, and made their feet fast in the stocks. Here, therefore, they called again to mind what they had heard from their faithful friend Evangelist, and were more confirmed in their way and sufferings by what he told them would happen to them. They also now comforted each other, that whose lot it was to suffer, even he should have the best of it. Therefore each man secretly wished he might have that privilege. But committing themselves to the all-wise disposal of him that ruleth all things, with much content they abode in the condition in which they were, until they should be otherwise disposed of. Then a convenient time being appointed, they brought them forth to their trial, in order to their being condemned. When the time was come, they were brought before their enemies and placed on trial. The judge's name was Lord Hategood. The charges against both were one and the same in substance, though somewhat varying in form. The contents whereof were this, that they were enemies to and disturbers of their trade, that they had made riots and divisions in the town, and had won a party to their own most dangerous opinions in contempt of the law of their prince. Then Faithful began to answer, that he had only set himself against that which had set itself against him that is higher than the highest. And, said he, as for disturbances, I make none, being myself a man of peace. The parties that were won to us were won by beholding our truth and innocence, and they are only turned from the worse to the better. And, as to the king you talk of, since he is Beelzebub, the enemy of our Lord, I defy him and all his angels. Then it was made known that they that had ought to say for their lord the king against the prisoner at the bar should forthwith appear and give in their evidence. So there came in three witnesses, to wit, envy, superstition, and pickthank. They were then asked if they knew the prisoner at the bar, and what they had to say for their lord the king against him. Then stood forth envy, and said to this effect, My lord, I have known this man a long time and will attest upon my oath before this honorable bench that he is... Hold! Give him his oath, said the judge. So they swear him. Then said Envy, My lord, this man, notwithstanding his name, Faithful, is one of the vilest men in our country. He cares for neither prince nor people, law nor custom, but doth all that he can to possess all men with certain of his disloyal notions which he in the general calls principles of faith and holiness. And in particular, I heard him once myself affirm that Christianity and the customs of our town of vanity were opposite and could not be reconciled. By which saying, my lord, 
he doth at once not only condemn all our laudable doings, but us in the doing of them. Then did the judge say to him, Hast thou any more to say? My lord, said Envy, I could say much more, only I would not be tiresome to the court. Yet if need be, when the other gentlemen have given in their evidence, rather than anything shall be wanting that will dispatch him, I will have more to speak against him. So he was bid to stand by. Then they called Superstition, and bade him look upon the prisoner. They also asked him what he could say for their lord the king against him. Then they swear him. So he began. My lord, said Superstition, I have no great acquaintance with this man, nor do I desire to have further knowledge of him. However, this I know, that he is a very pestilent fellow, from some discourse the other day that I had with him in this town. For then, talking with him, I heard him say that our religion was naught, and such by which a man could by no means please God. Which saying of his, my lord, your lordship very well knows what necessarily thence will follow, to wit, that we still do worship in vain, are yet in our sins, and finally shall be destroyed, and this is that which I have to say. Then was Pickthank sworn, and bid say what he knew, in behalf of their lord their king, against the prisoner at the bar. My lord, said Pickthank, and you gentlemen all, this fellow I have known a long time, and have heard him speak things that ought not to be spoken, for he hath railed on our noble prince Beelzebub, and hath spoken contemptuously of his honorable friends, whose names are the Lord Old Man, the Lord Carnal Delight, the Lord Luxurious, the Lord Desire of Vainglory, my old Lord Lust, Sir Having Greedy, with all the rest of our nobility, and he hath said, moreover, that if all men were of his mind, if possible, there is not one of these noblemen should have any longer a being in this town. Besides, he has not been afraid to rail on you, my lord, who are now appointed to be his judge, calling you an ungodly villain, with many other such like abusive terms, with which he hath bespattered most of the gentry of our town. When this pickthank had told his tale, the judge directed his speech to the prisoner at the bar, saying, Thou runagate, heretic, and traitor! Hast thou heard what these honest gentlemen have witnessed against thee? May I speak a few words in my own defense? said Faithful. Sirrah, sirrah, said the judge. Thou deservest to live no longer, but to be slain immediately upon the place. Yet that all men may see our gentleness towards thee, let us hear what thou, vile runagate, hast to say. Faithful replied. 1. I say, then, in answer to what Mr. Envy hath spoken, I have never said aught but this, that what rule, or laws, or custom, or people were flat against the word of God, are opposite to Christianity. If I have said amiss in this, convince me of my error, and I am ready here before you to take back my words. 2. As to the second, to wit, Mr. Superstition, and his charge against me, I said only this, that in the worship of God there is required true faith, but there can be no true faith without a knowledge of the will of God. Therefore, whatever is thrust into the worship of God that is not agreeable to the word of God will not profit to eternal life. 3. As to what Mr. Pickthank hath said, I say, avoiding terms, as that I am said to rail and the like, that the prince of this town, 
with all the rabblement his attendants, by this gentleman named, are more fit for a being in hell than in this town and country. And so the Lord have mercy upon me. Then the judge called to the jury, who all this while stood by to hear and observe. Gentlemen of the jury, you see this man about whom so great an uproar hath been made in this town. You have also heard what these worthy gentlemen have witnessed against him. Also, you have heard his reply and confession. It lieth now in your breast to hang him or to save his life. But yet I think meet to instruct you into our law. There was an act made in the days of Pharaoh, the great servant to our prince, that, lest those of a contrary religion should multiply and grow too strong for him, their males should be thrown into the river. There was also an act made in the days of Nebuchadnezzar the Great, another of his servants, that whoever would not fall down and worship his golden image should be thrown into a fiery furnace. There was also an act made in the days of Darius, that whoso for some time called upon any god but him should be cast into the lion's den. Now, the substance of these laws this rebel has broken, not only in thought, which is not to be borne, but also in word and deed, which must, therefore, needs be intolerable. You see, he disputeth against our religion, and for the reason that he hath confessed, he deserveth to die the death. Then went the jury out, whose names were Mr. Blindman, Mr. No Good, Mr. Malice, Mr. Lovelust, Mr. Live Loose, Mr. Hetty, Mr. Highmind, Mr. Enmity, Mr. Liar, Mr. Cruelty, Mr. Hate Light, and Mr. Implacable, who everyone gave in his private voice against him among themselves, and afterwards unanimously concluded to bring him in guilty before the judge. And first among themselves, Mr. Blindman, the foreman, said, I see clearly that this man is a heretic. Then said Mr. No Good, Away with such a fellow from the earth. I, said Mr. Malice, for I hate the very look of him. Then said Mr. Lovelust, I could never endure him. Nor I, said Mr. Liveloose, for he would always be condemning my way. Hang him, hang him, said Mr. Hetty. A sorry scrub, said Mr. Highmind. My heart riseth against him, said Mr. Enmity. He is a rogue, said Mr. Liar. Hanging is too good for him, said Mr. Cruelty. Let us dispatch him out of the way, said Mr. Hatelight. Then said Mr. Implacable, Might I have all the world given to me? I could not be reconciled to him. Therefore let us forthwith bring him in guilty of death. And so they did. Therefore he was presently condemned to be had from the place where he was, to the place from whence he came, and there to be put to the most cruel death that could be invented. They therefore brought him out, to do with him according to their law. And first they scourged him, then they buffeted him, then they lanced his flesh with knives, after that they stoned him with stones, then pricked him with their swords, and, last of all, they burned him to ashes at the stake. Thus came faithful to his end. Now I saw that there stood behind the multitude a chariot, and a couple of horses waiting for faithful, who, so soon as his enemies had slain him, was taken up into it and straightway was carried up through the clouds with sound of trumpet the nearest way to the celestial gate. But as for Christian, he had some delay, and was sent back to prison. So he there remained for a space. But he who overrules all things, having the power of their rage in his own hand, so wrought it about that Christian for that time escaped them, 
and went his way. And as he went, he sang, saying, Well, faithful, thou hast faithfully professed unto thy Lord, with whom thou shalt be blessed. When faithless ones, with all their vain delights, are crying out under their hellish plights, Sing, faithful, sing, and let thy name survive, for though they killed thee, thou art yet alive. Tis the gift to be simple, tis the gift to be free, tis the gift to come down where we ought to be, and when we find ourselves in the place just right, t'will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right. <laughs>